0: This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexander Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco. And I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. Together, listeners. I hope you are having a happy New Year so far. Um, I'm recording this on January second, 2024, and I don't know about you, but I was very glad to see 2023 take a hike. I mean, <laughs> it's been a really—I mean—the the past year in my mind has been such a challenging time for all of us, and I feel like that was a huge disappointment for everyone because we had felt like we were just coming out of the pandemic and those have been some really rough years. But unfortunately, economic circumstances are putting a lot of pressure on every single person and business period. Um, Obviously, there are some that are a little bit more insulated than others. But for the most part, it doesn't matter who you talk to, everybody's noticing it, everybody is feeling really squeezed. Um, And as we go into this new year, I think when I originally was uh trying to plan out our podcast calendar, I typically do a new year's resolution type podcast around this time of year um and I'm happy to share a few of mine. but more and more, I just kind of kept coming back to the thought around just how expensive everything is, how we're all really working against this rising cost of living, and how I would be remiss if I didn't talk about that so. Anyway, this episode is actually going to be more dedicated towards the cost of living time sustainability than it's going to be towards talking about New Year's resolutions because you can take any of the learnings that we discuss on this podcast um, throughout the year and turn them into resolutions for yourself. Um, So like I said, I think, um, you know, it's just because of the timing. I wanted us to talk about this. Um, I also want us to start the New Year on a positive note. (laughs) And so while this podcast may or may not be like the most positive thing ever because we're like discussing a kind of gnarly topic. Um, I want it to empower you because again, we give you all these actionable tips and tricks, you know, day in and day out on this podcast, but a lot of these tips and tricks are very customizable, but they're also very like dependent on where you are in your lifestyle. And you know, if we're going to talk about this new brand of X, Y, and Z that we like, and it's being made very sustainably, et cetera, um, and you can't afford it, then that's not going to be very helpful. And so most of the time, we do try and give you a bunch of different options. But suffice it to say, I do think um, today, you know, as we chat about this cost of living crisis, it, I just wanted to let you know it's front of mind. Um, you know, for background, um, you know, I, I have a family of my husband um, and my toddler, Uh, We are a small family unit, and we right now are, you know, more or less a one-income household. So my husband has a full-time job. Um, Brightly and this podcast, of course, are jobs for me, but Brightly and this podcast have been extremely impacted by uh, this economy as well. Um, Unfortunately, we've had to have team layoffs. The company looks a lot different than it did even a year or two ago, which is not something that I... Love and it's something I've been struggling with personally, um, and it's something that's been really hard to, to go through, especially over this past year. Um, and so, I just wanted to let you know too, like from a personal perspective, like you know, saving money, being sustainable, all these things are really top of mind for me right now too. Um, so lest you think that I'm over here preaching to you from a really, you know, uh, the place where we're like raking in the money. <laughs> it's not quite the case, but. I would love to hear more comments about this, Um, and if you have questions for me, please just let me know, but uh, just kind of getting into it, you know, I think uh, one exciting thing I was, uh, you know, digging into before we started recording this was Deloitte, which if you're not familiar with Deloitte, they're like one of those massive conglomerations that are basically like... I mean, they do consulting, they do all sorts of like businessy speak things, but they're a massive, massive company and they have a huge worldwide impact. And so they often will publish uh, reports. And they literally just published a report that came out yesterday. Uh, so good timing here. And the TLDR of this article is that, you know, the cost of living increases that we've seen globally, but of course, I'll focus on it from the United States perspective because that's where I am and that's really where we're, we're talking about here like, that cost of living increase is really actually driving more sustainable choices for people. So that is a positive that we can find coming out of this, like, very negative situation we find ourselves in right now. Um, So, you know, according to the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics here in the U.S., the Consumer Price Index, um, it's called the CPI, has been rising steadily, which obviously indicates increased costs for goods and services. So what does that mean? Like, everybody knows when you go to the grocery store, Milk has gone up, eggs have gone up, like all these staples. Um, My husband also loves to talk about quote-unquote shrinkflation, where if you're buying like packaged things that used to, maybe there used to be like six in a package, um, and you've bought six in a package of something since you can remember buying it, Um, and then you'll go to checkout now, and there's only five things in there, or even more sneakily, maybe those six items used to contain 10 ounces of product, and now when you go to checkout, it's actually... um, it's actually like five ounces of product um, and it's the same price or it's more expensive. And so this type of like, you know, general inflation that we're seeing has been just very, um, very overwhelming and very, you know, impactful to everybody. And uh, in 2021, the U.S. actually experienced the highest inflation rates that we'd seen in decades. Um, So that's 2021, but it's trickling down now. And so, you know, many families are allocating... A much larger portion of their income to, you know, housing, food, healthcare, etc. Whereas previously, some of that money would have been allotted to more um, disposable type things or you know experiences and fun type stuff. Um, We also, of course, have lots of student loan debt out there, lots of auto loans, high housing costs. I mean, the interest rate right now, if you're going to go out and buy a new house, is you know, so much more than it used to be just even a year ago. And so when we think about this, there's a lot of uh, pressure being put on us from a financial perspective. And so when we think about sustainability and we think about being conscious consumers, you guys know we often talk about buying less or, um, you know, figuring out how to be creative with what you have. And inherently, this type of behavior not only is it good for the world, um, and for the sustainability angle of things, but it's also really good for your wallet. And we've talked about that when we talk about food waste or um, reducing your consumption of fast fashion, et cetera. But ultimately, we as consumers, if we want to do better by the world, need to consume a little bit less. Um, or we need to, like, consume less, yes, and we, we don't have to say or, and we need to be more creative about our consumption, making things stretch a little bit farther, um, Obviously, like the reduced um, uh, resource consumption is really what we're talking about, um, but it's also going to save you money. And so, for me, I think that's really super, super interesting. Um, and you know, the other another thing that this Deloitte um, article mentioned, which I thought was super interesting, was you know people are not only shifting towards sustainability from this financial perspective, but they're continuing to put both of those things at the top of mind. I mean, one in three consumers last year stopped purchasing a brand or a product because of sustainability-related concerns in 2023. And I would imagine, if you took that same statistic, I would imagine it would be three out of three consumers stopped purchasing a brand or a product because of a financial-related concern in 2023, right? It was just too expensive. So we have both of these things kind of at the top of mind. Um, And from my perspective as we think about, um, you know, more and more uh, behaviors that are necessities, you know, in this type of environment, we can try and see the sustainability angle. We can try, like, you know, again, find that positive space. So one thing that we've talked about, obviously, a lot in this podcast, I'm not going to go into it, is food waste, specifically meal planning and, um, you know, perhaps reduction of meat, reduction of, um, items that are more expensive, like stretching things. And there's so many great, um, resources out there. There's actually a woman we'll link to her in the show notes if I can figure out, remember who she is, but somebody does this amazing, uh, uh, like, I want to say it's like a, almost a, I mean, she does a series, but I'm trying to, the word I'm trying to think of is maybe her, like, it's like part of her goals or her part of her intentions, maybe part of her new Year's resolutions which is she goes and does these like $20 to $25 grocery hauls and then shows you how she uses every single item that she bought at the grocery across a variety of recipes. Um, Like she uses those broccoli stems. She uses, uh, you know, a bag of quinoa, stretches that into three different meals. And so I think that number one is super key for us, which is thinking about when you're going to the grocery store, stuff is more expensive. A bag of groceries that you're very used to buying, that maybe used to cost you 50 bucks, is now probably closer to 100 bucks. I mean, I, this has happened to me so many times, um, you know, you get to check out and you realize this is just insane. Like, I know roughly how much this used to cost me and I know it's costing more. So if we can take what we're purchasing and number one, finding ingredients that are maybe a little bit less expensive. And obviously we know meat, uh, dairy, et cetera, like that stuff is very expensive. And so if you can think about reducing in those departments, not only is it going to be cheaper, but it is certainly going to be better for the environment. Um, but then thinking about like this food waste problem in general and you know not getting overwhelmed by it, um, but thinking about actual ways we can cut back on food waste. Um, because you've heard me say this before, but we know this is a problem. Um, the Food and Agriculture Organization estimates that one-third of all food produced for human consumption is lost or wasted globally, which that's just staggering, one-third. And to me, when I hear that, not only is it a staggering statistic, but I then start to go inspire a little bit about, like, what a shame that is from a resource consumption perspective, and, you know, the amount of farmland that could have been natural habitats for animals that was taken up to grow this food, and now it doesn't even get to be used, and it's being thrown away, and perhaps it's not being um, even disposed of correctly or composted. So again, like that is a huge problem. And so, of course, a lot of that food is consumed by bigger industrial complex types things that we don't unfortunately have a ton of um, uh, control over. But from a personal perspective, you absolutely can take specific steps, like we're talking about, to reduce that food waste. Um, And honestly, let's say, and uh, as I move on past food waste, like before I do that, I'll tell you that during the holiday season, which we just kind of wrapped up, um, which thankfully for me was, it's, it's done now, like, I'm usually much more of a holiday person, but I felt like, I don't know, something about this year, maybe because it was kind of difficult, uh, it's, it always gets to me a little bit how compressed Halloween, Thanksgiving, (laughs) and Christmas are, if you celebrate those, like, they all kind of come at once, and then January we get to step back and take a big breath, um, and then we don't really like get any cool holidays for a while. So I don't, I don't know. It's kind of strange. Uh, anyway, I think there was actually a New York Times article the other day that said we'd all be much happier if we had Christmas in February, but come on mean it's like literally not going to happen. <laughs> anyway, back to food waste, um, I was saying, I was trying to relate this back to the holidays, meaning there's so much food waste during the holiday season. And again, some of it is in your control, some of it is out of your control. But one specific tip I'll give you is, you know, just thinking about ways to reuse ingredients and doing it for the future. So the specific example I'll give you is we bought a, my family does eat meat. um, And we were, um, we traveled for Thanksgiving. So we Went to a gathering um, at a relative's. I cooked one side dish that was thankfully eaten up, um, but I didn't have a lot of control over the meal itself. But Christmas, we were back home. And one thing that we do when it comes to food waste is after Thanksgiving, we always go and see what the leftover turkey situation is because most of them are frozen, but you'd be pretty hard pressed to find grocery stores like able to like sell all those leftover tur- like it's it's a strange situation and I, I unfortunately I don't really know what happens to a lot of that grocery store waste. Um that's actually a great idea for an episode. Let's let's do that for another episode. Um that being said I I try and um go and get at least one or two turkeys for our family and we just freeze them. Um and so we were we actually went over to the grocery store and we found an organic free range turkey uh for seven dollars So, like, talk about, I mean, we're talking about financial impact here. Like, that was huge. And obviously, you can do a lot and feed a lot of people with one turkey. So, we uh, took the turkey, cooked it. Um, We cooked it, like, the specific, like, holiday style for Christmas. Um, Obviously, we used the bones um, and uh, made a stock out of it. Um, So, that's, you know, saves us money and is super healthy uh, compared to, like, store-bought stock. Um, And then we took the rest of the meat that we had that didn't we, we didn't eat, shredded it up, um, and we're now going to use that in place of, you know, shredded chicken in recipes. Um, we also took um, some of the turkey, and I made turkey tetrazzini out of it, which sounds so old school, but I mean, it's literally just like, it's just like Alfredo pasta with some mushrooms and turkey. Um, but we were kind of sick of turkey. So what, I, what did I do? I literally made that, and I put it in, uh, a, uh, foil thing that I actually reuse a lot. I like wash this thing out, but I put it in a foil container, uh, that's made for casseroles, and I wrapped it up, and I put it in the freezer. So we will have that turkey tetrazzini probably in the next month or so when we're not so sick of turkey. Um, so this to me is an example of fighting back against food waste where you make something and you just freeze it. Um, and I know that we don't all have massive freezers. I think, the more that you can like eat what's in your freezer and kind of go through that on a regular basis is also really important just for storage and also waste reduction. So anyway, um, you guys know I could talk all day about food waste, but um, the last thing I'll say is um, from a budgeting perspective, making sure that you're using what you have, you do it in creative ways, you freeze it for later, we're covering all those bases, but if for some reason you're left with stuff at the end of the day, which we all are, I mean that's just how it happens, you do your best, maybe you didn't eat you know, five of those portions that you would set aside for yourself, maybe you only really get to three. Um, go ahead and compost it. Uh, that really does reduce methane emissions, it can enrich soil. Get a composter um, and uh, you know, look into your local ways to get rid of compost. And if there's not anything from a systemic perspective um in your backyard, you could literally just contact uh, you know, go on your buy nothing group and see if anybody has chickens um and, and work with them from that perspective. Okay. Uh, another tip that we have to, you know, save money and also, you know, be sustainable again is repairing what you have already. And we've also talked about this previously, but the EU now has legislation in place um that uh, you know, punishes companies for not um considering the disposal of their products at the end of the day. There's also legislation in place around the world that pushes businesses to make their products more easily repairable. Um and so I mean, to be honest, I don't know if I've actually had a lot of issues personally with clothing um, failing me from a repairing perspective. Like my problem has been over the years, my fluctuating weight um, due to pregnancy, pandemic, etc. So my problem has been lately trying to find clothes that look good, feel good, um, and that fit me. So one thing that I'm doing, sidebar, <laughs> is I'm trying to, again, make sure I'm buying things that are going to last a long time, but if they don't fit... What, what do I do then? I'm storing them. Um, and I'm doing it in an organized fashion to where when I'm back to the size or, I, you know, whatever, I'm going to go back and grab it. So anyway, I haven't had a ton of issues with that. But maybe when we talk about non-clothing items, uh, we talk about electronics, we talk about toys, making sure that, you know, you have the information for those items available. Maybe it's just you remember what they're called and you Google it. Like you don't have to have like a big Rolodex of everything you've ever bought but maybe you look it up and say oh this is who made that contact them say hey um I lost a piece like my toddler she's lots of toys um, and sometimes we lose pieces and so rather than just like throwing that toy out um, I will typically contact the manufacturer and say do you have a replacement piece um, some of the manufacturers of toys specifically literally even have separate websites with replacement pieces now which is great um so making sure that we're you know again like using what we have if if we've used it to the point where it doesn't work anymore, we lost pieces, contact the company. Um, And again, the more that we do this, like, let's say you're like, look, Laura, I have done this a few times and every company either doesn't respond to me or they say, good luck, like go on your merry way. Um, That is just, again, contacting them is just another signal to them, to these companies that they need to have a system in place for this. And so, Maybe they're just like, look, we're a tiny company. We can't produce replacement parts. Um, but here's a suggestion on how you can reuse it. I'm like, companies need to engage in this dialogue more with us. Um, and even if you're sending emails and they're not getting responded to, I guarantee you somebody's looking at them in some form or fashion. And if enough people start doing this, they're going to take notice. So this is kind of the same sort of uh, you know strength in numbers approach we talk about as it relates to... Um, you know, your purchasing decisions, but, like, that communication with the company, I think, is a really key piece. Um, another thing, again, like, and the longer you get use out of things, the better it's going to be on your bottom line, the better it's going to be your wallet. Um, we talk a lot about making sure that when you are done with an item, uh, what to do then. Use your buy nothing group. That's another huge, like, cost of living, um, piece of advice I can give is, you know, if you're looking for something Try your local buy nothing group. Um, If you live in an area where there's not a really active one, you know, doing the more traditional type things like thrifting or, um, you know, contacting friends and family. Like, I know it's kind of weird. Like, we don't, unfortunately, like, we still, especially in the United States, like, we prioritize getting new stuff. Like, we always have. It should been, like, a really core part of our, I don't know, our being. But as more and more people start to do this type of behavior, we're going to really end up having a positive impact because we're, like, resetting that narrative. Like, we're, like, reclaiming it and saying our narrative here is no longer, like, over consumption, over everything, overindulgence. We can still have a part of our culture that is, you know, like, has nice things, etc. But we need to, like, take back this other part of our culture, which is, like, what our grandmothers and their grandmothers did. Like, they knew how to stretch a dollar. They knew how to um, create households that balanced, you know, new things coming in with old things and, uh, you know, sustainability, honestly, times frugality, which like, let's, let's keep doing that, please. Um, you know, we talk another tip that we have for, um, you know, cost reduction again is shopping locally. And I say that it's interesting. This is part of my show notes that I made for myself. But when I wrote this down, I thought, well, sometimes when you go and you find something in a local store, it is actually more expensive than, it would be on like an Amazon, but we've talked about how ordering online from big corporations, etc. Like, while there's a time and a place for it, like it's not healthy to your local economies. Um, the shipping and you know carbon emissions generated by that are you know not insignificant, and um, ultimately, you're not really positively impacting your local economy. Um, and there's a company, uh, there's a uh, nonprofit out there called the Institute for Local Self Reliance, which I love it, <laughs> and. They suggest that for every $100 spent at locally owned businesses, $68 stays in the community, whereas only $43 stays in the community when spent at non-locally owned businesses. Um, And so, you know, that really means that supporting local businesses helps create jobs and really fosters community resilience, right? Like, you are literally, um, you know, providing jobs to somebody locally you know, and that person lives down the street, they're putting that money back into the economy and just kind of creates this really nice, um, circular economy in a way, and, uh, the American Independent Business Alliance, another nonprofit, um, you know, also calculated that locally owned businesses often have smaller environmental footprints compared to larger companies, because again, by the, what we just talked about, like, they're keeping stuff, uh, smaller, stuff doesn't have to travel as long, uh, distances in many cases, of course, sometimes it does, but, Anyway, you're creating this nice, like, local flywheel. So as it we relate that back to frugality, you as a consumer have to have this conversation with yourself, which is, okay, do I pay $2 more for something locally or do I save that $2 by going to the big guys? And I can't make that decision for you. Oftentimes, if you're on a really tight budget, that $2 might be make or break. So if you've got to go to one of those big places, no judgment here. Um, but if you, the, the reason why I'm pointing this out is if we think about it less, um, as like, oh, if if you're able to, if you're able to think about it less as, okay, here's this $2 that I can save, or you can think about it, well, here's $2 that I'm going to put back into my local community. That's going to help another family. I mean, probably multiple families, right? The business owner's family, the worker's family, so, like this is going to help somebody and their family survive a little bit more in this current economy. so. When I was doing the show notes for this, that was kind of an aha moment for me, especially as somebody who, like, literally was used to be obsessed with, like, clipping coupons and stuff growing up. Like, there is this, like, inherent, like, uh, competitive nature that we have. We want to save these dollars. Uh, we want to put them back in our pocket. But it, there are times when it might make sense to invest them back in the local economy. Okay, so wrapping things up, I mean, look, we we've talked about a few ways you know, that you can think about making sustainability more of a priority for yourself this year, even in the face of the cost of living um, situation that's going on right now. Um, You know, but the last thing I'd say too is we talk a lot about various consumption patterns because that's really what this podcast is all about. But if you're really not into making radical lifestyle changes or you feel like you've done a lot of what I've already mentioned. So, like, there's two very different ends of the spectrum. One thing that you can do is actually just continue to spread the word about the impact that consumption pattern changes can have um, in a positive way for the environment. Uh, You know, in that Deloitte article that I keep talking about, um, you know, when they did this poll, uh, of the consumers that they polled, almost 60% said, the reason why I have not decided to prioritize sustainability is because I'm not interested in it which that blows my mind I find sustainability is a topic to be fascinating I mean I've been talking about it for <laughs> over three years now on this podcast so and I feel like I've just scratched the surface so if there's that many people that are not interested in sustainability or maybe they're overwhelmed or they don't care I think it's up to us to Spread the word about why, you know, these things can... These ma- these things matter. These things can make a difference. Um, you know, if it's... If people are interested in saving money, start with that. Like, start with the frugality, the cost savings um, angle. And then talk about, and by the way, like, we are wasting one third of the food that we're growing um, and creating in this world. So... I just shared with you how to go to the grocery store for twenty dollars and make a bunch of meals, um, but that's why also why this matters. Like, try and just add it as a as a bonus and see if people are interested in. Um, and then you know the the last thing I'll say too is we talk about this a lot, but a lot of the changes that we're discussing do come down to putting onus on the companies themselves to again provide uh, better instructions for repairing provide replacement parts, provide more sustainable options that aren't going to break the bank. Um, And, you know, from a long-term perspective, while we're all very hopeful that this current economic situation that we find ourselves in does not last very long, we don't know. We don't have a, you know, crystal ball. So from a consumer perspective, we've got to buckle down and do what's right for our families um, and also do what's right for the plant when we can. Um, But from a long-term company perspective... I also believe that companies need to think about um, the impact that they continue to have on the earth and how they want to show up, how they want to be remembered because it's super important. So listeners, in closing, I did tell you I would give you some information about my New Year's resolutions. I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. (laughs) Um, Talked a little bit about how food waste continues to be a priority for me and my family. I'm also just trying to get outside more, which also goes hand in hand with loving the planet. Just trying to go on more walks, spend more time not doing anything outside, just existing, sitting, being, being more mindful. Um and, you know, exercise I think is always on people's minds at this at this time of year. So that goes hand in hand. I'm trying to think if I have anything particularly interesting about my resolutions that I can share. I mean the only thing I'll I'll say is, this is going to be another tough year, I think. Uh, I mean, I hope not, but I think that it's going to be. Um, So, as you think about these things, give yourself grace, give yourself space, um, and continue to be uh, slightly conscious consumers, or conscious consumers, like however you want to define yourself, wherever you're showing up um, in the midst of all this is important, it matters. Thank you so much for joining for joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together. So have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.